Hey, welcome to Yippie Kaye Mother Podcast. This we're going to call this the Ron Robin edition. Hi, everybody. How's it going? You want to introduce yourselves? Go ahead. Start in the top. I'm Sean I'm the- Paul Murphy. I'm Debbie Murphy, calling from Punta Cana. Hi, ER. I'm Michelle Wojo Wojcikowski, and we're in my home office. <laughs> I'm Brad Barelli, and I'm there too. <laughs> I'm John Quartrucci. <laughs> I'm Drew Goulds, and right. I'm in the basement. Right. <laughs> I'm Ralph Quattrucci. Welcome, everybody. Do you guys like the way I popped you out in the last one when you guys introduced yourselves? Did that was really that? sexy. Thank yeah, you. That was fun. Thank you for noticing and bringing it up, even though I just brought it up myself. Uh, today, we're going to do a little different uh, take. Each one of us, we, we spun the wheel last week uh, for genres or themes or whatever, and it came up on movie biography. And all we're going to do is each one of us, each square, well, each person, I'm sorry, is going to bring a biography that they want to kind of introduce to us. Uh, take about three, four minutes, talk about it, and uh, see how it goes. We'll start with the couple in the DR. Well, I'll, I'll go first. Yeah, my, the film I picked, there were so many great biographies to choose from, but I picking one from 1970. You know, I love those 70s movies. Oh, I'm so Who shocked. Who doesn't love the 70s? <laughs> this was a film I saw at the Timonium Drive-In with my parents. It was written by Ed, Edwin North and Francis Ford Coppola, and directed by Franklin Schaefer. It, it features an Oscar-winning performance by George C. Scott. The film is Patton. Oh. And it is a, you know, it's a one of um, George C. Scott's Many once in a lifetime performances. It's a, it, when you really think about Patton, and I was even thinking about it at the time, this film about this guy who loved war came out at the height of the Vietnam War. It was a very interesting, um, interesting juxtaposition. And the film was extremely successful. Francis Ford Coppola and uh, Edwin North won an Oscar for their script. Coppola wrote the script in 1966, an early version, and he had problems with the studio. He was kicked off the project. They brought in Edwin North, who wrote a lot of famous films himself, like uh, The Day the Earth Stood Still and uh, In a Lonely Place, the Bogart film. And um, when they decided to do the movie, they brought back most of Coppola's scripts, so and that was his first Oscar. Um, it's a fantastic film. Has everyone seen the movie? Yes, yes, I have. Yep. No, because we have never seen anything. <laughs> okay, that's honest. It's a great movie. Great yeah. Um, you know, the sad thing, and uh, I'll bring this up, is it really shouldn't matter how the person was in real life, but the more I've been reading about Patton, you know, his attitude towards war doesn't bother me. And I think he was a great American hero. But he was a bit of an anti-Semite. I no have idea. to say. Really? Yeah, it's weird that somebody who's amazing at war isn't really good at other interpersonal stuff. But <laughs> yeah, George I C. Think- Scott is amazing in that movie, and uh, I, I, I think, um, I, I mean, if you're going to pick one role that's that's uh, associated with him, that's a that's a good choice because he just towers over that movie. It's incredible. 
Not the one he did where he goes and finds his daughter in L.A. What's that one? Vice or? It doesn't mean that hardcore is bad hardcore, or the hospital is, is bad, but. And then there's yeah. a sequel to Patton, too, right? Didn't he play it on television? Patton, the final years. Yeah. And um, I guess he died. Patton died, like, paralyzed or something. There's something about. He was in an accident. He broke his back, but they also thought he got poisoned by the Russians. Oh, oh wow. They yeah. thought. Yeah. Because he was the one, on. he was the one that said we shouldn't be aligned with Russia because it's going to come back to haunt us. And it, he was right. And his men loved him. He, he wasn't, he was a, uh, he was a rough guy, but his men loved him. And Ike knew that he was the guy. I mean, he did some amazing things in World War II. He wasn't a nice guy, but. Well, I mean, in the film, you know, the scene where he slaps the one guy. Well, that's, he took a lot of heat Denny, for that. Denny, just the way he went into the hospitals and talked to the injured guys and all right. that stuff. You can see why. But the man who fought for him loved him. Yeah. Loved him. But I did want to point out that Patton, although he had some pro-German comments <laughs> at near the end of the war, he hated the Germans. That's why he wasn't supposed to command in North Africa, but they brought him in because they said um, he hated the Germans like vampires hate holy water. You know, that's how much he hated the Germans. And his son-in-law had been captured by the Germans, too. You know, and he tried to break them out. He sent the units during Bastogne to try to um, liberate the um, prisoner camp, prisoner war camp. And it turned out to be a disaster that the press kind of covered up. Yeah. So um, they, you know, more Americans were captured. It was The raid was a disaster. But, you know, it was, a, you know, if you want to see one film about a World War II general, that's definitely the film to see. It's a masterful performance. Um, John Wayne wanted the role, but they turned the producer turned him down. Rod Steiger was offered the role. He hmm. turned it down. Burt Lancaster turned it down because he didn't consider, you know, consider the film, um, he considered the film pro-war. Interestingly, some people think the film is anti-war. I don't get it, but I guess in the 70s, you could look at it any way you wanted. Right. And it, uh, you, you said it. Did Coppola win an Oscar for that one? Yes, he won okay. an Oscar for the script. Yeah. And uh, oh, nice. Good one. All right. Do Debbie. you want Debbie's now or do you want? Yeah, of course. No, good. Well, I uh, recommended um, Behind the Candelabra with Matt Damon and Michael Douglas playing Michael Douglas playing the role of uh, Liberace and uh, they were just such great performances it's such a fun lighthearted uh, movie about a very complicated man and um, I just love this film because it showed you know we all have our history with um, thinking ways of uh, how we used to think of homosexuality you know in, our, in my lifetime and this movie sort of like broke the glass ceiling on that because it showed how Michael Douglas or Liberace, uh, he was such a talented person, such a gifted, beautiful person, full of so much humor. And, and, um, wait, wait, you wait. Know, are you saying, wait, Liberace was gay? I thought he was yes, just waiting for the right young lady. I Henning. He was, yeah, he was a just good entertainer. Sonia Holy cow. Sonia Henning. Right. His, his love of his life. The thing about Liberace was he was like the the, the, the ladies loved him because I remember seeing him on oh, all the talk shows, right? He'd yeah. come on Merv Griffin and Johnny Carson and 
he was like a safe gay guy, right? He was a gay guy that everybody just thought was. And well, no, I mean, listen, I'm not even. Especially the older women, they thought that he was straight and they had a chance, maybe. That's amazing. Amazing. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's like the what I see from the, you know, people. Like, they would go to these concerts, pack them in with women, and they would swoon over Liberace. Yeah. And he would play act with them. You know, I don't know what kind of woman would find that kind of guy attractive for a, you know, just a partner. Mind. But I think they just wanted amazing. his clothes. He had amazing clothes. <laughs> God, yes, very. Well, and frankly, Michael Douglas and uh, Matt Damon did a great job portraying, you know, yeah. that's a, you know, tough role for yeah. those guys. It's a like, great. Yes. I mean, I, I guess you could argue that they should have gay people play those two parts, maybe. I don't know if you want to get a little controversial. Well, here's the thing. But. They were great. No, I thought they were great, but somebody told me, you know, that, you know, Michael Douglas was around the right age when he met the guy, you know, that this relationship is based around. But, you know, Matt Damon, I don't know how old he was, late 30s when he did this film, mid 30s, maybe. But they're like, would you look at the film differently if it was Michael Douglas and a 18 year old boy rather than a 30 something year old man? Why was the other was the guy eighteen when he met him? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Oh. Yeah, that would be a little different. Yeah, that uh-huh. would be. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, well. Yeah. So you're saying it should have been Timothy Chalamet? Is that what you're? <laughs> if it had been, it would have been a different movie. I mean, I really enjoyed the movie. I thought the performances were great. Yeah. You know, this was a great late career, Mike um, Michael Douglas role. Yeah. You know, and Matt Damon. It was good to see him do that. You know. As well, it was, so. also, it was also one of the many times that Steven Soderbergh announced that he was retiring and it was his last film. <laughs> and I'm glad that <laughs> it wasn't because right. it's like, another yeah. great film yeah. in his uh, filmography. Yeah. And what, who was the now. guy that played um, Rob Lowe played the um, plastic surgeon? Oh, he's terrifying. Oh, my God. He was <laughs> great in that. He looked yep. frightening. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good choice. Good one. Uh, Drew. I mean, it was that, that was funny though that um, Liberace yeah. was giving him <laughs> plastic surgery to look more like him. You know, yeah. <laughs> the kid. That was an odd twist. The kid. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Drew. What do you got? Well, there's a lot of really, really good movie biographies and different kinds of movie biographies. You know, you can look at somebody's whole life, or you can look at a certain moment or incident in their life. You can make a movie which i suspect some of the ones coming up might be where it's a fictionalized version of a real person and when i was trying to figure out what i wanted to pick um i uh, i was thinking about stuff like private parts the howard stern movie and um and lord of war the nicholas cage movie but then i realized one of the things i like a lot about movie biographies is when it's someone that i've never heard of and therefore have no interest in and they introduced me to some compelling story, some compelling life. So I thought I would tell you guys about a movie that is available on Amazon Prime starring Tom Jane called Stander. It's probably a mispronunciation of some horrendously South African pronunciation of his name because Andre Stander was a cop in South Africa in uh, the 80s. And uh, he ended up in uh, suppressing a riot in a Soweto township. And uh, in the movie, he actually kills an unarmed person, an unarmed young black boy. And he decides that he uh, doesn't understand why he's being a cop 
So naturally, he'll make some friends and they'll be really brave, garish, popular hero bank robbers. And that's what they do. And the movie is very entertaining. It's very fun. Uh, I'd never heard of this guy. He's a legendary criminal in um, in South Africa. So everyone there knows him. It was directed by Bronwyn Hughes, who did uh, a lot of TV, a lot of good shows, Breaking Bad, and a lot of other stuff. But this was one of her earlier movies in 2003. And uh, the story of, of Stander is just a fascinating story about a guy who he's not a good guy, but you can't stop watching him. And uh, he ended up doing time in prison and breaking out of prison and robbing banks. And people would, uh, one time the manager of one of the banks got on television and said, Stander tried to rob our bank and he couldn't get into the state, into the safe because I hid it behind this painting. And then the police <laughs> left and Stander came back and robbed the Went bank. behind, behind the, painting. the painting. I mean, like just a lot of fun personality and doing that. And of course he died in a shootout with policemen in Florida. Um, so. Yeah, in Florida. Yeah, he fled justice in South Africa and ended up in Florida and continued to do violent things. What year it's did a that really film entertaining come out? Movie. What year what? did it come out? Uh, two thousand three. Oh, oh. two thousand three. And I mean, I'm just a big fan of Tom Jane. I yeah. think he's uh, he's a the fine Punisher. actor. He does a lot of different stuff, and this is one of those like, um, you know, it's his movie, career best, excellent performance. And uh, again, you know, it's a movie about someone I'd never heard of. And so I learned a lot about him and it made me want to read more about him. And the movie is, it, it's, you know, it does the thing that biographies do, which is not a documentary. It's not exact, but it definitely catches the spirit of this guy and the the popular notion of who he was and what his ridiculous life was like. And it reminded me of movies like Chopper with Eric Bana as a famous Australian criminal and stuff like that. So Stander from uh, Tom Jane was really good. Right, yeah, you career best, you didn't put, did you put the deep blue sea in that list of career <laughs> best? Right? He's excellent in that. Um, he's not as good as the sharks, but he's very good, he's very good. Uh, in that movie. <laughs> he's, awesome. he's, he's very awesome. fun. Uh, sounds great. I love Thomas Jane. So that'd be a good one to see. He's actually credited as Tom Jane Tom in Jane. the movie, which I think is funny because was, um, uh, that's his did, line in Arrested Development. When did Boogie Nights come out? That's Tom Jane, Thomas Jane, right? Yeah, Thomas Jane is in that famous scene with um, uh, the they're trying to rob the firecrackers. The fire, yeah, they're trying to rob Alfred Molina yeah. and the firecrackers, and um, that was 1997. Yeah, okay, okay. he's he's exactly. great in that movie. Yeah, too. he's really good. He was uh, great in Hung. Yeah, yeah, it's a great show. It's a really fun show. It was. It's more, it was fun. It's more yeah, than just a giant you. penis. It's really fun. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> he's very good. Uh, all right, well, Wojo, your turn. <laughs> okay. Well, I picked, I, I was going over this and I, I kept picking and then changing my mind. And finally, I decided to go with one that's more recent that you probably haven't seen. And it's called The King of Staten Island. Oh, and that's Pete, uh, Davidson. Pete Davidson. It's, yeah. yes, it yeah. is based on the life of Pete Davidson um, yeah. from Saturday Night Live. And I've seen him on Saturday Night Live, but I really haven't seen him in much else. And so I wasn't sure when I watched this movie what to expect. And it was so well done. Um, it was co-written by um, Judd Apatow and also a guy named Dave Sirius, who followed me on Twitter today. Um, oh, but off. there you go. Ding, 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 ding. ding. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, but they co-wrote it. And, you know, I had heard that in real life, Pete Davidson's, father died he was a fireman and he was one of the first um in one of the first companies that re um responded to 9-11 right. and he was killed that day now 
They don't, they, they keep his father as a fireman in this movie, but they don't bring up 9-11. And it makes sense because once you bring up 9-11, you have to talk about 9-11. You know what I mean? It's, it's whereas this time they just simply said his father died in a hotel fire rescuing people. But it, it's, it's really a good movie. It's, it's so well-written and the characters, um, Marissa Tomei plays his mother. Um, Pete Davidson goes by the name Scott in the movie, which was actually his father's name, which you find out at the end. So spoiler. Oh, well. Um, but, and he's basically, you know, uh, uh, just laying around the house, smoking weed. He wants to become a tattoo artist, but he drops out of art school and, and he tattoos any friend who will let him and his tattoos are terrible and they all look horrific. Just um, like real but, life. But his, uh, <laughs> his goal is he wants to have the first tattoo restaurant. So you eat your dinner while you watch people get tattoos. <laughs> oh, um, that's always appetizing. Exactly. Exactly. Everybody in the movie tells them what but a horrible idea it, it is. So. It's just, it, I, what I liked about it is the dialogue is so realistic. And I, like I said, I've seen Pete Davidson on Saturday Night Live, but seeing him in a movie, he was a really good actor in this. Now, granted, it was, it was this, you know, takes off of his life story. But the lines that they delivered, first of all, I, I like Judd Apatow. Um, I tend to like Freaks and Geeks the best out of everything he's done. But I, I really, really supersonically like this movie. It, it's just, um, you know, you see an evolution of, of him. And I tried to look up to see how much was realistic and how much wasn't. And, um, you know. Well, and based on everything I've heard about him outside of this, I mean, it seemed pretty and pretty accurate with his experience, his life experiences. I mean, he's. He's admitted he was pretty messed up and he's admitted he's got mental illness and he's admitted admitted that every Saturday night, every Saturday night, he admits that. That's all he talks about. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, he's about to be in the justice league, not justice. Uh, Suicide Suicide squad. Squad. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. So, you know, (laughs) he's pretty popular. That guy, when he's on that show, people are cheering all the time and he's got a good Mm -hmm. following. So, well, Um, and, and the funny thing is that, John Cryer has said a lot of people say that Pete Davidson resembles him when he was younger. So, and, and when you look at see it that. in this movie, you can see it. You, you can yeah. really see really? it. Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. John Cryer from 16 candles or whatever that no, no, was. pretty in pink. Ducky. Ducky. And Ducky, two and right? a half men. Yeah. <laughs> if you compare them and, and there were some times in the movie in which Pete Davidson's voice actually sounded, he would say certain things and it sounded a little like John Cryer as well. So it's, it's kind of, he, he said that he should go on Saturday night live playing um, one of Pete Davidson's characters, fathers, because you know, but anyway, is he looking for, he looking I, for work? I uh, <laughs> no, he's um, been playing Lex Luthor. Um, well, I don't know. Maybe he is. I don't know, but he's been playing Lex Luthor and Supergirl. John Cryer has and Supergirl's ending, but he He's, I did a story on him um, a year ago, I think. He's played Lex Luthor in, I think, seven different shows now that are all part of that, you know. CW. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, well, anyway, I, I think, you know, when the, I wasn't sure when I saw the trailer, when it first came out, if I was going to like it. And I really just enjoyed this movie. It's not going to be everyone's cup of tea, but yeah. I really enjoyed this movie. Well, you I mean, know, was, I mean, my problem with, with most of Judd Apatow's movies is the same thing that's here, which is why is this movie two and a half hours long? But it's a good movie with some great performances like Belle Powley, who plays his girlfriend. Oh, really he was good. great. But the, and I love Marissa Tomei. She's got that big MILF energy and that's really cool. But, um, honestly, the big revelation just in terms of performance for me in this movie was Bill Burr. Yeah. Bill uh, you know, he's yeah, a comedian. He he's good. done acting, but he was really, I mean, I yeah. believed him emotionally yeah. in the, does the he play his father? He had Is that and, who he's playing? No, he plays he a plays guy who's trying a... to date his mom. Yeah. Oh. And it's a very sort of fraught relationship. And that ended up being to me one of the, the more, um, in, uh, I guess interesting parts of the story. I didn't expect mm-hmm. that to be part yeah. of it. Yeah, so Bill absolutely. Burr was really great. Yeah, Bill, he's Steve not even listed in the credits. Guy. That's what's so weird. I was looking for him. I thought he was in it and he's I was going to say something, but I don't see him in he's there. He's been in, um, was he in Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul? Yeah, Breaking, Breaking Bad. Bad. Yeah. He's, he's in the Mandalorian. He's, yeah, a, he's, he's good he's in the Mandalorian. Very good in the Mandalorian. He, the stuff he did on Saturday Night Live where he, the, yeah. the, he's, he's fantastic. That guy's yeah, very funny. Funny. All right, Brad, what do you got? So, okay. So I've, I've talked in the past about how I'm kind of the, the novice of the group here about movies. I didn't, I didn't grow up watching a ton of movies like you guys did. Um, because but he I, wanted to kiss ass to Ralph this week. So no, no. Oh, did you no, pick Fletch? It doesn't hurt. No, doesn't I did hurt. not bring Fletch. Okay. No. But um, no, I grew up more playing sports and being, you know, being very involved. So I, I mainly baseball. So I played a lot of baseball and I, I love the Orioles. I wa- love watching the Orioles. If I could, of course you couldn't watch every game back then. Uh, listened on the radio, whatever. And I got very into the stats and things like that. So oh, um, I thought it would, yep. So I thought I'd bring Moneyball. Um, Great movie. Which, yep. yeah, very good movie. And I read the book before, which I, I can't say about a lot of these movies that I've seen. So, um, you know, and Michelle mentioned how she started reading the book and put it down. And I, I, and down. I get it because the book is a lot of it is going into very great detail about all the different statistics they use and things like that. And I can get where that can be pretty dull. And yeah, that was, but, um, but I, I found it all fascinating. <laughs> and it, it, the, the really cool thing about this movie, I feel is, you know, baseball has been around, you know, well over a century, you know, and, you know, there's certain rules in the game and certain ways you play. And then, of course, as, you know, came into you know, more modern times and players started getting big bucks and everything. And that was kind of the way to go. But uh, the big the f- focus is all on the stats and how how you're going to win games. And in the past, they had always the big stats were always home runs, RBIs, you know, and that's that's the kind of players they're always going for, these big name players. So Billy Bean, who that's, that's why I picked this, basically a biography of Billy Bean and his um, you know, his, his career or part of his career with the A's as a general manager. Um, you know, he, he had to find a way he, since his, his, his owner basically told him couldn't spend any money. They got, you know, they just had a, finished a great season. They, and then they had to get rid of their three best players or let their three best players go to free agency. So he basically had nobody, a bunch of no names. And, you know, he's goes into this room with a bunch of these old guys you know, who are these old scouts who've been doing stuff for 30 years? And he's saying, you know, we're not going to do it your way. Well, he's got anymore. Jonah gonna... Hill next to him, this kid he found right. in Cleveland. And... Who's like, this is like his first, well, this <laughs> was his all, second they're job. All looking at him like they're crazy. They call he's him an economist, yeah. Internet okay. boy or something. Internet, you brought internet boy in there. Yeah. 
But <laughs> a lot um, going on in that film. Lots going yeah. on. Yeah, but it's it. I don't know. It's just a really. It's, I think it's just fascinating because yeah. it's and in a lot of ways. I mean, of course, we've seen salaries go through the roof. You know, some of these players getting big money like Mike Trout, but in a lot of ways, you're seeing some of this still being true. I mean, his methods are more in in some ways are better. Obviously, the bigger market teams are are going to have a better chance each year. But you know, like Mike Mike Trout is making more money. Like got a contract for like 400 and some million dollars and the, and the A's are still sitting in last place. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, and then last year, the Tampa Bay went to the world series. Granted, it was a short season. And I think they had the 28th, you know, they had like one of the lowest salaries in the league. So there's still some of this. And of course there was Astro ball that came out after this. I read that as well. And that was kind of an, kind of an, the next step of money ball, you know, them going on and winning the World Series, actually. Well, well, you know, and the other thing that, that this led into was that scene at the end where he meets the guy at Fenway Park and how right. uh, Theo and all those guys. John Henry. Used, right? Used yeah. his metrics, yeah. which got. And then they ended up winning the World Series like two right. years later. I mean, yeah. And Bill James, the whole thing about Bill James. Well, and, right. You know, Baseball yeah. abstract and everything. Well, yeah. I mean, the Oakland A's had a $30 million payroll. The Red Sox had a $150 million payroll. Right. So no, they, I know, but yeah. they still I mean, used, they still were using right. the idea that to you know, pick certain all, players. Kevin Euclid right. the Greek god of walks. Yeah. I love right. that. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. <laughs> what I like about that movie, I yeah. liked, I love the, uh, the scenes where they were picking the draft, you know? Yeah. Because half uh-huh. those guys were real scouts. And uh-huh. you could kind of tell the way they were talking that they weren't actors, that they were just. Right. They were just saying what they would have normally said yeah, within the context. I love the that. line about I when he walks in. Really something is dick gets in ahead of them or something. Or yeah, the guy, his he has an ugly girlfriend, so he has right. no self-esteem. Or Fabio. <laughs> Who's Fabio? Have, listen, you know hey. Brad Pitt, so that's fine. My two favorite <laughs> my two favorite scenes really have nothing to do with all that. It has to do with him when his he buys the guitar for his daughter. And he watches his daughter play that song. That song that wasn't it. written at the time that that was. Uh, I lost it when no, he did that. Was that. Cool. And then yeah, that was the last scene. It was like tenant where Jonah Hill shows him the scene of that that big catcher that hits the home run and falls uh-huh. in his face. Yeah. And he says, "Who doesn't say baseball's romantic?" Or he says yeah. something like that, and it's yeah. just like it's just it just said it all. Scott Hatterberg, so, ex Red Sox. Yeah, played. such a good played by Chris Pratt Chris and Brad Chris Pratt. Brad, yeah. Pitt, Brad Pitt got the mannerisms down and that whole. You know, Billy Bean. It's just, it was just really took awesome. his shirt really off too. So <laughs> I'm just saying, he did a great job. So and he got I liked the scenes where he was working out. Yeah, great. Gym. I, yeah, but, uh, I, I watched him on a treadmill just, in slow motion. I loved motion. him with his it's daughter, just... and I loved him when he's looking at that guy watching. <laughs> and what's his name? Spike. What's the director's name? Spike who, Jones. Spike no. Jones. Yeah, no. J- J- Spike Jones. You no. got rid of Jambia. It was Bennett Miller. <laughs> Bennett Miller directed Moneyball. No, no, was, no, no, no. The, no, the, 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 the director playing his wife. Oh, oh, gotcha. Yeah. Spike and he mispronounced the ball player's name. You had to lose Jambia? <laughs> yeah, that's good. And Brad Pitt. <laughs> yeah, that's Brad, uh, Brad, good pick. Of course. Good yeah, that, that I, I is like a good pick. One. Well, right, remember, John? that movie's uh, written by Stephen Zalian and Aaron Sorkin. So Aaron, you really, well, you, <laughs> you can't go wrong you with right. the Jack Aaron dialogue. Sorkin can't go wrong. I don't really care about sports and, and follow sports, but I like a good sports movie, and this is one of my favorites. Yeah, really yeah, and it's film. got the you know, it's got the you know, the home run there with Scott Haddenberg, and you know, it's just the twenty games, crazy. three yeah. one streak, and all. Yeah. Yeah. And the yeah. sexual, the sexual powerhouse combo of Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill. Hey, it worked in no, uh, some, the Wolf of Wall Street. Jonah Hill's always there. It's not yeah. hard to play oh, first base. It's him. incredibly hard. 
Yeah. Philip yeah, Seymour Hoffman was band. one of my all-time favorite actors, and I yeah, was it was weird devastated. seeing him as that. It was kind of a waste in this movie. Yeah, it was that that, that yeah. was a little funky yeah. seeing him as uh, yeah. How, we saw him on Broadway, how. and he was mm. amazing. Oh, he's, yeah, he was sure. an amazing actor. Yeah. Well, yeah. when they do yeah. a biography, him, we can talk about it. There you go. All right, John, yeah. go ahead. Hey, Cue I do want to say one thing about this film. I'm going to give it a big compliment. It was about two weeks ago. It was on television. It was on one of the commercial channels where they were having like commercials every 10 minutes, five minutes of commercials, you know, 10 minutes of movie, five minutes of commercials. And I just, I normally will turn it off and try to find it streaming, but I found it so engaging again. I had seen it in the theaters, but I just had to watch it even with the commercials. So um, I normally uh, don't do that. Yeah. It's really well done. It. The scenes, there's some really, yeah, it's really, especially if you're into baseball at all, it's just really, it's, it is very romantic on that, that level. So, all right, John, what do you got? Yeah, what Elvis so, movie did you bring? I str- I struggled with this one uh, because, you know me, I'm old school, right? So uh, my first one was going to be Sergeant York with Gary Cooper, but I said, no, I'm not going to do that. Uh, then I want to do Elvis with Kurt Russell, who was excellent, excellent, excellent. movie. Then I John, said, no, I'm directed by that. John Carpenter. Then I thought Ed Wood, one of my favorite Johnny Depp movies, and then That's I said, you know what? Movie. I'm going to go 1942, Yankee Doodle Dandy, Jimmy Cagney playing George M. Cohan. And most people don't know who George M. Cohan is, but from the early 1900s till about 1940, he had 17 to 20 shows playing on Broadway. The only statue on Broadway is of George M. Cohan. Um, so he, he owned Broadway. And for me, who was always a big Jimmy Cagney fan, from the gangster movies, Angel with Dirty Faces, White Heat, The Roaring Twenties. When I saw Yankee Doodle Dandy and saw Jimmy Cagney singing and dancing the way he did, uh, and he also won an Academy Award for it, that was it. I was a Jimmy Cagney fan from now on. The, the joy and in, in, in the musical numbers. As a musical, it's fantastic. Uh, and, and people say, well, he's dancing like Jimmy Cagney. Well, no, George M. Cohan. If, if you ever see the movie, he danced kind of stiff leg. That was a George M. Cohan thing. And if you ever seen any, any movies or any old movies of George M. Cohan, that's what he looked like when he danced. He sang like George M. Cohan and the performance, uh, Walter Houston's in it, Joan Leslie, Rosemary DeCamp. Uh, it was directed by Michael Curtiz. And at the, you know, so we're talking 1942. We're talking about the, the beginning or, or front end of World War II. It's also a uh, a love letter to America. Uh, George M. Cohan wrote, You're a Grand Old Flag. So it is, a lot of people say it's propaganda because it's so pro-America. And I, I won't deny that it is. I also think it's a movie that wouldn't get made today the same way. We always talk about that because it is so pro-America. And part of the reason it was... Uh, they were going through the uh, Red Scare at this point, and, and um, Cagney wouldn't turn in some communists. So uh, his brother, who also produced this movie, convinced him to do it because he was hesitant to do it because it was so pro-America. So uh, he did it. He, he was the first actor to win an Academy Award for a movie musical. So that was a big deal. Also in 1985, this was the first film to ever be colorized. Uh, I'm not happy about it. I wish they never did colorization, but this was the first movie. Uh, it was the first movie to show a living president uh, portrayed 
in the sound era. And if you notice the way they shoot it, they, you know, they don't do anything like this anymore. But in the old days, whenever they, they had reverence for the office, they always showed it from the back. Or, uh, you know, you only heard a voice. You never saw the actual president. And they kind of did that with this FDR when he won the uh, he won the they said the Congressional Medal of Honor, but he didn't win that. He won the Congressional Gold Medal, something like that. So there was a little there was a little um, it wasn't quite spot on. He was married twice and his wife in this was kind of an amalgam of both wives. Uh, but but for me, the the joy of this movie for the scene that sums it up the best, if you've ever seen this movie, I don't know if anybody has, but at the end of the movie, after he gets his congressional medal, he walks down the White House stairs. And originally, he was just supposed to walk down the stairs and leave. Well, he ad-libbed a dance step down the entire stairs. And the amazing thing about it is it was his idea to do it. They did it in one take. And if you watch it, he never looks down at the stairs as he's dancing wow. down the stairs. Now, if you were going down a staircase that long, you would be looking down the stairs if you were just walking. Okay, <laughs> This guy's dancing. So for me, I love this movie. I love the story. As a guy who used to do a lot of theater, uh, I, I, in fact, I did the only one of the only plays George M. Cohan wrote that wasn't a musical, and it was awful. It was terrible. It was a horrible play. He should stick to musicals. But that's my little connection with George M. Cohan. And I'm a huge Cagney fan, and this, to me, uh, I, I love his gangster movies, but when I think of Jimmy Cagney, this is the movie that I think of. Where was this in his list? I mean, where was this in his gangster stuff? Was this before? Well, he did the gangster during? stuff late, uh, uh, or 30s, early 30s. Okay. So this was 42. Okay. Uh, so it was after that, but he, he walked away. From, he didn't want to do gangster movies. He ended up doing another one that was a big one, but he walked away from it because he, he didn't want it. He was a song and dance man from vaudeville. So that was his thing anyway. So the fact that he got to do this and he, you know, his sister played his, his sister, Jeannie Cagney played his actual sister, uh, one of the Cohans. And if you want to see a great acting scene and, you know, we always talk about in the old days, it's all over the top, but the scene where his father dies uh, and he's at his deathbed, it's a, it's an incredibly powerful scene and it comes across as a real thing. And, and of course you found this out later on uh, the, the director lost it. So they had to ruin a take because he was getting so he he reacted so viscerally and it got caught on camera. They had to redo it. But it's it's just a great performance. And he definitely deserved the Oscar for it. It was just a great, great movie. Great. Awesome. And it's colorized. So I might watch it. So I would. Good. Yeah, I would not watch the color colorized no, version of it. But anyway, has anyone right. has anyone seen it? Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, a long time ago. My mother fan. used to watch it every July 4th. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. So, Debbie and Sean, you've seen it. I love James Cagney. Yeah. He was so great in that movie, the yeah. way he danced with his legs so stiff. Yeah. I thought that he did that, but I'm no. glad you said it was yeah. somebody else that danced that way. George no, M. Cohan. I think, I think he was most proud of this film, too. He was. He says it's his favorite film. George M. Cohan uh, died shortly after this movie came out, but he got to see the finished version. And when they asked him what he thought, he said that would be a tough act to follow. Wow. Is this so what I'll got you die. into acting? Is this the, <laughs> is I mean, this the film that. that got you into acting? Was it Cagney the one that got you into acting? Who, who, who? Uh, no. Who got you into I acting? Mean, who got me? I don't, I don't. Leo Mistel? I mean, I, Mistel? No, no, zero. No, 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 no. I, I was, no, I was, I was, I was always, you know who it was who I really liked? Jerry Lewis. Jerry Lewis? I loved Jerry Lewis when I was a kid. And I liked that comedy. And that's yeah. what I've always kind of done in the plays that I've done. So 
But Jimmy Cagney, if I could, uh, my biggest regret in life is is I didn't take tap when I was a kid. Because every time I watch him, I go, God, I wish I could do that. I wish I could do that. It's never too late. Okay, John. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Maybe it is. Yeah. Hey, John. Yeah. Do your best Cagney. Okay, I did a play where I had to do Cagney. You turn around. Hi, my Yankee Doodle. Candy, I'm coming out. I did a play where every character had to turn into Jimmy Cagney, and that was my line. I'm going out. Mm. I had good to do job. a great good job, scene. Rich. Good job, Rich Little. That was good. Hey, whatever. <laughs> that actually, Thank your description, you. I've never seen that, but your description reminds me of another biopic. Um, it's only Here three it hours long. You're going to say something's um, going to hurt me. I can tell. It's called The Message. <laughs> The story of the life of the Prophet Muhammad, where you never oh. see him. It's the same in this right. movie starring Anthony Quinn. It's just organ music and people it. reacting. He's stiff legged too in that one. I remember. Uh, that. Yeah, I, I yeah. think that that's another All example right. of reverence okay. All right. depiction. Good so. job. All right, Yankee Doodle Danny, good one. Yeah. All right, here comes mine. I'm gonna dim the lights a little. Go to black and white. Okay. <laughs> oh, I can't wait because, to hear this because I can. And uh, John, John gave away the game. This is great choice. Uh, <laughs> <Ed Wood. laughs> great I movie. love that movie. Oh, this that is movie. a Cut fantastic it. film <laughs> directed by Tim Burton, obviously starring Johnny Depp. Uh, uh, Bella Lugosi played by um, Martin Landau. Martin Landau, Martin Landau. Sarah Jessica Parker. Bill yeah. Murray's in here. Yeah. It's just a real loving tribute to this uh a cross-dressing director who directed <laughs> potentially at the time or still might be the worst yeah. film ever made plan yep. nine from outer space definitely up there <laughs> and it's just it's just a loving tribute to to not only to ed wood who was his own character but all the people around ed wood bill murray plays a, a guy who financed it who gets baptized in this thing to get a movie made a psychic he was a psychic something sarah jessica yeah. parker plays his like his wife, who he's buying, he's taking sweaters from her. Argyle sweaters came from her. <laughs> Angora. Yeah. Angora. And, and I love the, the behind the scenes of how they p- produce these films. And you look at how the, there's that one scene where Bella's in with the octopus. With the octopus. Yeah. That, that can't move. And they're using move the car lights to light it up. And, and the scenes where they're, you're like, they're cheating. They're getting shots on streets that they're not supposed to get because they have no permits. And, right. and he's only one take guy. <laughs> And just his love of like, whether it was real or not, his just genuine love of what he was doing, both wearing the the sweaters and doing the movies was just such an infectious. Film. Well, the scene, the scene with uh, Orson Welles, where he compares it to Kane. <laughs> I made Kane. And he's thinking, I got to go back out there. That was awesome. <laughs> and you can tell Tim Burton loved all these people. And Johnny Depp did a, this one of Johnny Depp's best films. He was uh, so earnest. In yeah, it. touching. And even at the end, in, in the rain, where I think they're, they're about to go away. He's getting married. I forget. He ends up marrying somebody. I don't know what happened at the end, but uh, I just think this film's fantastic. This is the worst film I've ever seen. Well, I'll try to do better. And all the people in Hollywood are just trying to figure it out. And he goes and meets that one guy with the, I think they just have titles of stuff and they're going to make movies. I, I, I don't remember all the details, but I just remember what a loving tribute or just a, just a, you know, a beautiful film about some crazy people who want to make. Well, it was also about this. the friendship between him and Bella Lugosi. Oh that's yeah, a big oh, yeah. And, and, yeah. Was about. That's that's the thread and Martin Landau was amazing. Yeah, he won an Oscar for that. What's that line he kept doing? He kept. Uh, I forget. There was a line he kept trying to get his hands up to do, and 
And uh, oh yeah, uh, Ed Wood was was just pushing him really hard. Was it break the glass? I break the glass, break the glass. Can't just repeat. <laughs> Ralph, do you think that's uh, Tim Burton's best movie? No, I think uh, for me, Beetlejuice is probably <laughs> best one. Movie, of his Beetlejuice. Top. Huh? I think Beetlejuice is one of his is best. Well, my problem with this film is my problem with a lot of um, what's his name films is Tim that Burton. Tim Burton is that he's I think he's more of a stylist than a um, stylist and storyteller. Maybe my I love this film. My only problem is all the energy left the movie when um, Bella Lugosi dies because oh, um, yeah. 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 The third act is weak. Everything up to that is magnificent. But that's my only problem with this. Film. Well, that's a huge tribute to, to Martin Landau <laughs> and Bella Lugosi. Then, if that's you know, that's, you know, that's that's uh, that says a lot. Um, I just I just thought the energy and the and now again, you know, the thing about these films is film fades to black, and then you read about their life after the film, and it's like, oh my god. I guess Ed Wood got into porn. He did all kinds of other stuff. You know, things just go to hell. Um, but I don't, what are all the Tim Burton films? I mean, I can't. Uh, I know Pee-wee's Batman. Big Adventure. Pee Wee's yeah. Big Adventure. Batman. Uh, Edward, Edward Scissorhands. Scissorhands. Frank and uh, Weenie. I mean, he's yeah. got a huge range of quality because he same really does. I made does. Ed Wood, and he also right. made Charlie and the Chocolate Factory right. and right. Alice in Wonderland, yeah. Yeah. Planet of the Apes. Uh, he tried. I mean, you know, yeah, he made that horrible Planet of the Apes movie too. Yeah, that's pretty really awesome. hard like to kill one. Planet of the Apes, but it, he did. It's fun, but it's not a good movie. Yeah. I'll tell you, I, I, what, what I loved about this movie was, as bad as the movies he made was, you have to uh, give the guy credit. For getting them made, that's anybody like that on gets zero. Them. Like he had a, sh- you know, the airplane was a shower curtain <laughs> with cardboard things. I mean, and they're they're doing scenes with the guns, right? Yeah, they're put, they're put, they're thinking with the guns. And if you look at Plan Nine from Outer Space, they definitely recreated a bunch of the stuff from yeah. it. But I just I just love that. And Johnny Depp was like, you know, he always plays really offbeat characters. And even though his character was offbeat. The the thing that made it work was he didn't play it that way. He just played it like a guy that just wanted to make a good movie, you know, that happened to cross dress. I mean, that yeah. was it. But it was probably the most normal character he's played. And I think that, I, honest to God, that's what I think yeah. I like. He's one of the so more much. human roles he's ever done. He well, yeah, have you ever person. seen? He did one yeah. out of one, one something called Out of Time. Yeah, with uh, with Christopher Walken. Nick of Time. Nick of Time. Nick of time. That yeah. was uh, great. That was good. And, and well, and we did the other one, um, uh, Donnie Brasco. I yeah, mean, he was fantastic. Sure. Yeah, but he, but again, he played a character. In no, this. I understand. This one, I, I mean, understand. he played a character in this, but you know what I yeah. mean? The most relatable, I thought. You felt, you, you rooted for the guy. Yeah, right. That's what I liked about the movie. Yeah. Is that the movie invited you to believe in what Ed Wood was doing without, you don't have to say, oh, it's actually good. You can just admire his passion and, and want mm-hmm. him to succeed. And mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's, well, that's a, that's an interesting, uh, needle to, to, yeah. to thread. Well, and I think, and, and all off. the people around Ed Wood. You know, like yeah. I said, the character Bill Murray played just was these weird characters who you appreciate. His Empire. wife is going crazy. Right. Yeah. So that was my pick. Yeah, oh, good pick. Go. I, I, that's one I was, one of my choices was going right. to be that one. So right. good call. All right. So here's a choice we have to make. We, have, yeah. we can, I would like to do one more of these kind of round robin before we get back into the rotation. Or we do a, what did Drew watch? Just a full episode Don't of what did Drew watch? Don't do that. You'll you'll take the special off of it. And, and oh, it won't it be special. Be, okay, good. It point. has to be. It has to be a fleeting 
beautiful moment. <laughs> you guys want us to leave while you guys hash this out? No, we just did it. We're done. No, we'll so do that in our do. next show. Right. We're going to do one more genre. I love the genre thing. All right. Can we see this? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I removed the one we just did. We'll do okay. one. Let's spin it. See what we got. Alumni. Saturday Night Live alumni. Mm. Fletch it is. <laughs> <laughs> this is Fletch a rich, rich theme, or what do you call genre? This is a rich one. So there you go. By the way, we're signaling because we've been keeping it on mute because our neighbors are having a party. All right. Well, oh, okay. they're having a party and you're putting yours on mute. Yeah. Make sure you tell yeah. them to watch our show. Hey, hey, thanks for thanks oh, for taking the time. Make them subscribe. Yeah, Thank guys, you for taking yeah. the time from the trip to join us. Look tonight. how beautiful the sky looks. It's gorgeous. gorgeous. And we're all jealous. Yeah. 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 To, to, to take the time to come on this is really yeah. This was great. You guys oh, so enjoy it. Appreciate it. Yeah, very special. Now Thank after you. in editing, I'm going to go crazy because you're flipping all around and people. Yeah. Sorry. You want to make me get a massage too? So, all right, guys. Listen, safe trip back. You too. Yeah. Try fly safely. Right. Everybody yeah. else have a nice week well, and then uh, Saturday Night Live alumni. Okay. Sounds great. All right. All right. Sounds good. That should Bye be guys. rich. And, okay. Bye. 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 <laughs>